Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Thursday Travel to Larry series with the Sequoia Tourism Council. Now, Tulare, we're talking about Tulare County. Tulare County is in Central California, and it's home to Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, Giant Sequoia National Monument, and Sequoia National Forest, and all kinds of amazing agricultural and historic and art communities that really make this area a prime destination, especially popular during the summer season, because you can go up into the, the giant forests and experience those giant trees. So to plan your visit, go to discoverthesequoias.com. Today, we're excited to welcome back Suzanne Bianco. She is from Visit Visalia, and Visalia is the county seat. Uh, go to the website, visitvisalia.com. How are you doing, Suzanne? I am doing great. Fantastic. I always love it when summer is here, so I'm really looking forward to a great summer season. Yeah, I heard that you've been watering the tree. <laughs> the legacy tree across from you guys. Tell everybody about that because sometimes people don't get up to the parks or into the forest. And obviously we know that um, after all the, the fires and then all the winter storms, I bet a lot of people went to go and see the legacy tree. Yeah, so the legacy tree is sort of one of those quirky roadside attractions that's in Visalia. It came from the a Grant Grove of Trees about 100 years ago as a little sapling, couple-year-old sapling, and it's been busily growing away next to our post office in the downtown area. Um, in celebration of the National Park Services Centennial, we um, decided that we should highlight that fantastic little tree. So it's a little parklet with um, educational placards and things like that. And a little fun fact about it is that the gravel path that surrounds the tree is the size of the General Sherman tree. So it gives you a little bit of perspective perspective on what a hundred year old tree looks like versus a 2000 year old plus tree can look like. So wow. it's kind of a fun thing to see um, whether you're going up to the national park or not. Um, it's just a fun little roadside attraction in the downtown area of Visalia. See, I know you call it the legacy tree, but have you given it a name yet? Come on, they all want a name. You got the General Sherman, the General yeah, we, Grant. It's called the Sequoia Legacy Tree. That's its official name. And it's it official has, name. Mm -hmm, it's official name. And it has a, um, the sign um, is carved out of a piece of sequoia wood that came from a felled tree in the National Forest. Um, some workers up there uh, created the sign for us. It's a um, six inches, no, eight inches thick and six feet long piece of, wow. of sequoia tree. It's really, it's really fun. Wow. Wow. So we're going to talk about Sequoia National Parks and Kings Canyon National Park. Cynthia Kawasaki-Yi is back on the show from the parks. And you can go to their website, mps.gov forward slash S-E-K-I. And of course, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. So whether you're watching on YouTube and Facebook or listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, all those places, the links are in the show notes for you to follow through. So welcome back to the show, Cynthia. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. Thank you. It's good to have you back. And I know last time we talked, things were closed, parts were closed, and we're all feeling a little bummed, yet there were some parts opening, some then closed, you know, but it looks like summer is back on in the parks for visitors. It's back on in the parks in our most popular destination, the Giant Forest. There are areas that are, a couple areas that remain closed at this time, but 
we're doing everything we can to get things patched up and repaired and open to the public. So we're, we're working hard. I know we're recording this right before uh, the park actually opens up the General's Highway again. Uh, that's July 1st, right, that it's opened. Um, so this is airing July 6th. So um, everything should be open, but you're saying there's still going to be work out there. So something to be mindful of. I mean, really, that drive, you should be going slow anyway. Correct. Yeah. And and slow down. Enjoy the views. There's so much to yeah. see on your way up. You don't want to miss the wildlife. You don't want to miss, you know, the different trees and, and plants. So slow down anyways, regardless. But yes, mm -hmm. we'll have a couple or we we do have a couple areas of um, with that, are, that have traffic lights uh, that are still being worked on. There's uh, some walls and things that need to be built, but we wanted to make sure to open the highway as soon as we could. And so mm -hmm. even with road construction still going on, there's a way for you know people to drive around and get up to the giant forest, uh, which is really popular. Um, so people can access it from the Kings Canyon side across the, across the top uh, from the Kings Canyon National Park. You drive through the Forest Service and then you end up in Giant Forest, or you can drive up from Three Rivers um, on the Sequoia oh, side. So Three Rivers must be happy. From all yeah. sides. Oh, that is awesome, because I know everybody had to go through Kings Canyon at one point, and now Three Rivers is open, and the community of Three Rivers is like, wah, wah. Like, no, this can't happen to our town. This is, you know, we're the gateway, and obviously Visalia, all the communities have been affected by this, and I'm just really, you know, that's something we do on our Love Your Parks tour is always want to connect the communities to the parks. Because even if you look at the history of the parks, they're connected to the communities. Even like one of my favorite places is uh, Tharp's Log Cabin in, in the forest at Paradise Meadow. Crescent, Crescent Meadow. I always call it Paradise Meadow because that's kind of how it's I feel a, when I'm there. Paradise. It is. It is. Um, but Tharp's Log Cabin, he was, he was a rancher from down the hill. But his legacy is connected in the park. Are, is that actually open or is that one of the places that are being worked on? No, Crescent Meadows is definitely open. <sighs> Moore Rock, the Sherman Tree, Lodgepole area. And actually this, over uh, 4th of July weekend, we are opening the Lodgepole Visitor Center for the first time in, since 2019. So it closed down. We, we completely redesigned the exhibits on the interior. We redesigned the flow of the building. Really great and exciting project. It had been postponed with COVID and fires and just so many different things. Uh, finally, we're able to get that back and open and in service uh, for visitors. Uh, it's really exciting to see. This is really super cool this is great news so big trees trail is open so everyone can go around meadow area and you know experience those i love that trail because it's accessible for people yeah. and um that's something we talked about with you suzanne last time you were on the show about visalia i'm um, really making efforts to be accessible but also um, being an autism friendly community you want to touch on that again because i'm, I'm really trying to showcase these especially national park areas and park areas that parks are for everybody. There's something for everyone. And I think it's important that the communities mirror that what the parks and listen, it's the same thing as National Park Service was the first one to put in recycling cans in the country. Just saying. So, you know, good stuff comes from our parks. But anyway, going back to accessibility, that's something you guys 
do really well in Visalia? Yeah, um, well, we're doing what we can do. Um, we are the country's first certified autism destination. So we were really proud of that fact. Working with our tourism-based businesses here in town, our hotels, our attractions, we worked hard to get them certified through a company called IBCCES. So um, all the staff underwent um, online training to better understand what autism is and what autism isn't. It also sort of covers um, any sort of hidden disability. We have a sunflower program where visitors can come into our office and get a lanyard or a rubber bracelet that lets um, businesses know that they might have a hidden disability, which you know could be a broad thing that just indicates they might need a little extra help or um, accommodation while they're visiting. So we, we're really happy to, um, to be able to provide that to our visitors. If they're checking into a hotel, the hotel might be able to um, expedite your check-in or seat you at a table in the restaurant in a quieter area, things like that that um, might make your travels just a little bit easier and allow families with um, someone with autism to be able to all travel together. The Park Service really does a great job with um, all of their accessibility, the videos that they have that, that showcase how um, people can navigate the park and really um, highlight how the parks, like you said, are for everyone. So we're really mm -hmm. pleased with the progress we've made there. And um, we're really happy to see other destinations across California and across the country also going towards that um, awareness of, um, you know, what, what, people might be dealing with and, and how we can do something to, to make that easier, a travel easier for them. I love that with the lanyard and that, you know, that people can see because there's so many invisible disabilities and, and it's even a, an issue in workplaces where you don't know that your coworker may be, you know, dealing with something autoimmune. It could be something regarding mental health and you don't know, and people get crappy with each other and they don't know why they're being crappy. So you know what I mean? So I'm not saying if you're if you're suffering the disability that you're crabby, that you know, people may not understand. I think that's a really good way of doing it without going, oh look, you know, it's subtle and yeah. um yet lets people know. I want to go to you, Cynthia, about that with the national parks with Kings Canyon and Sequoia uh, National Parks. Uh so I mentioned Big Trees Trail that goes around Round Meadow and that's accessible and it's even great for moms like yourself who can take their kids around in a stroller or, you know, walk them slowly on a, an even path. Um, is there any other areas that folks can know that are, uh, you know, d accessible? So many, we have a lot of trails uh, and we continue to expand our accessibility um, throughout the parks. We have a full accessibility guide that people can download and or see on our website. You can ask for one at the visitor center uh, to carry with you. Um, it's just really important here. We, so the General Sherman trees are main attraction. There's accessible parking and a shorter trail and an accessible trail to get to that. We have, you know, um, the, the Big Trees Trail, on the Kings Canyon side, we have the General Grant Tree and that trail is also accessible. We have the Big Stump Trail from the Big Stump Picnic area. So there's just That's so right. much to see. You can get up and close with giant sequoias. You can have really similar, if not the same exact experiences that anyone else is having while you're mm -hmm. here in the parks. Uh, we also have other services that are not, you know, maybe people don't even think about, but we, you're able to check out a wheelchair from a visitor center. So maybe you came that. here with your grandma and didn't realize how tired she would get from hiking or walking around the parks. And it would be really helpful to just have that extra service and being able to just, you know, be able to check out a wheelchair 
to just be able to do more, be here longer, just whatever we can do uh, to help um, we mm. want to do. I did not know that. That's a really good fact. Um, and Suzanne, that brings me to you because I was thinking about people driving up to the park and it is a windy road. It's the long and winding road. <laughs> Paul McCartney went there, right? <laughs> it, it, it's a beautiful drive. I love going in from Three Rivers. You go over the little old bridge and see the water, you know, and, and you can see the rivers and, you know, go up through there and and it winds around and my favorite time is to go in sunrise and then sunset because you can see it different sides, you know, um, and, and you see wildlife at that time. I've seen so many bears. Most of my bear sightings are on the side of the road going up into the park. So just heads up, folks. It's a good time, good place to see them. But um, Suzanne, I know the shuttles are back in service, which is great. Um, are they, um, you know, are, do they work with people that need um, extra accessibilities, um, you know, especially uh, will they work with someone who's in a wheelchair maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So let's just be clear about the types of shuttles there are. There are two types of shuttles. There's a Gateway Sequoia shuttle, which operates outside of the park. Um, it picks up visitors at their hotel in Visalia and Exeter and Three Rivers for the ride up into the park. Once the visitor is in the park, they use the internal shuttle, and that's open to all people that are visiting the park. It's a free step-on, step-off. It runs every 10 minutes. Cynthia, I'm not even sure. Um, every 10 minutes or so to all of the stops in the sort of the giant forest area from Lodgepole to the museum. Um, so it's a great source for visitors inside the park so they're not having to worry about parking their car. Um, the, the shuttle from Visalia is fully accessible. So um, that's a great uh, way for an independent traveler to get up to the national park. And of course, the in-park shuttles are also accessible. So um, it's a great wow. opportunity for um, yeah independent travelers that might need to have some mobility issues or whatever to be able to see the parks. I think it's also really good for the parks, you know, instead of having extra cars in there. Wouldn't you say, Cynthia, is that something good for the park? 100%. And if you're staying at Lodgepole Campground or you're staying at the lodge, don't, you know, bother. You just show up, you check in, you drop, you, you know, you unload your vehicle and then you don't have to move your vehicle again because then you can just use the shuttle to get around. And it's just such an easy way, especially in the summer when we're so congested. We're very popular. People love us, but that means less parking. And you don't want to spend your day just driving around a parking lot looking or, you know, missing out on experiences. Go find a parking spot. You're the, the rangers directing you to parking lots that may be further away from the, what you want to see. But that show will take you and give you that front, you know, really quick access to just be mm -hmm. able to hop on, hop off at all of these really popular destinations. It's the easiest way to get around. You don't need a map. You don't need anything. You just really are able to enjoy your experience without the stress of driving and parking and loading and unloading. It's just a really mm -hmm. great way. And again, accessibility. All of our shuttles are accessible and uh, it's a really great service that we really want to promote because we want to use, use that as much as possible to help mm -hmm. with everything else, like climate change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. Um, Suzanne, we can't hear you. <laughs> She's Sorry, been muted. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I did not push oh, that button. <laughs> my goodness. You'd think that I would know that by now. Anyway, um, same thing with visitors staying in the hotels. All they have to do is go down to the lobby, grab their breakfast, and then just wait right outside the front door of the hotel. And it, the, the shuttle will pick them right up and take them in. They don't have to worry about driving the mountain roads or anything like that. It just whisks them right up into the, up, up into the park for a day. And it's such a great deal, right, Suzanne? Yeah, it's a really great deal. It's a $20 round 
round trip fare um, no total and it includes your park entry fee. So it's very, oh, wow. very affordable. Um, gosh, add up um, gas, even though I think parks are, a, a national parks are a fantastic deal, $35 for a carload. But, you know, it's a really um, cost-effective way for visitors to see the park and it really helps environmentally as well. Mm. You know, I, I want to touch on the Junior Ranger program because it's summertime. And um, the one thing I would say, when you get to the park, go purchase the annual pass or uh, you can get also the senior pass, right? The one that can last, you know, for the rest of your life, which is awesome. Um, but Cynthia, tell everybody about the Junior Ranger program for the kids to kind of get to understand because I think it slows everybody down a little bit and start to kind of open their eyes up into what, what they're experiencing. Definitely. No, it's really, it's really fun. Uh, so you can show up to a visitor center and uh, ask for a Junior Ranger book. It's a, uh, activity book that kid, your kid will get and kids of all ages also it doesn't yeah, thank be you thank child. you I'm just saying yes <laughs> and you get an activity book and it really walks you through like oh you know did you see you know wildlife and plants and different things and just really or you're able to track what you're seeing and experiencing throughout the parks and when you complete that little activity book you can go back to a visitor center and get your junior ranger badge and it's really if you Maybe this is the only park you plan to visit in your life, so you'll get one badge. But then if you end up going to more national parks, you can get Junior Ranger badges. And it's really a great little free also, a really a great free uh, goodie that you get to take with you after your visit to remember your trip. And so it's really fun. And the kids also get sworn in as Junior Rangers. And to me, that's the most special, you know, just witnessing that as a parent even as a stranger, just standing there and when it's seeing other kids getting sworn in with their little hands up with a, you know, park ranger. And it's just really, really sweet. And it, yeah, it's, you know what, you hear visitor centers suddenly quiet, you know, everybody's yeah. bustling around, like talking and planning their hikes and everything. And all of a sudden you see that happen. It's almost like someone's singing the national anthem. Everyone stops. It's like <laughs> someone's getting sworn in and it's so cute. Our sock monkey Priscilla got sworn in and her first junior ranger book and activity and badge comes from Sequoia National Park. And she's very, very proud of it. <laughs> she's very proud of it, you know, but let's talk a little bit about some of the experiences. Our junior ranger programs, not the, not the junior ranger, but the ranger programs happening this year, or um, is it pretty much go out, do your own thing? No, they are. We have programs that are taking place in the different districts. Uh, you'll want to go check the boards outside the visitor centers. That's where they post their schedules every day. And, you know, we also have campfire uh, programs. So there's amphitheaters in the different campgrounds. And so you'll see programs uh, for those areas. And so they're still happening and it's a really cool thing to do. Sometimes they're only 30 minutes of your day, but you get to sit and relax and rest your feet for a little bit. And then here's some really cool, you know, programs that the Rangers work really hard on. We have a lot of seasonal rangers that come on board for the summers and are really excited to work on programming and helping visitors. And uh, so this is the one of their favorite things to do when they're here for the summer. Is there a lot of water in the in the rivers right now from what happened in winter? And are, how are the waterfalls this year? Wow, so much water everywhere. Um, so much wow. water and it's so cold. The snow is still so much snow still up in the high mountains and the high really? country in the wilderness. So some, you know, wilderness trails are still, you know, covered in snow at higher elevations. So different, a little bit different experience there. Really want to caution people with water here in the parks. Uh, water fatalities are the most, you know, 
are the most common uh, causes of fatalities here in the parks. And a lot of times it's unintentionally falling into the river because you're walking along the edge, the rocks are slippery. And, you know, there's been times when children just slip in and the parent, you know, of course, jumps in after them. And it's just a huge tragedy uh, when that happens. And so really cautioning really great sites, really cool to go see, go down to the river and see it. It's, you know, rushing but really being extra, extra careful. We haven't had any incidents this year with rivers and we really want to keep it that way. It's it's not, you know, not something to look forward to in the summers, but no. enjoy There's waterfalls, there's trails, there's Topoca Falls that you can go to from the Lodgepole area in Giant Forest. Um, I love that hike. Hospital Rock, you can go to Hospital Rock here in the foothills of Sequoia National Park and walk down towards the river and really, you know, get some, you know, take a break from your driving because it's a long drive up the parks, park, go for a little walk, go look at the river, go look at the exhibits. Exactly. And Hospital Rock is also really cool to go to because um, it's it's like reading a newspaper, you know, uh, of Native American history and uh, all the petroglyphs and the rock art on that. So um, that's the other thing is the National Park is full of history of the indigenous people. So that that's another experience while there. So um Lots going on. So camping is back on. So recreation.gov is the site for that? Yes, recreation.gov. You can actually buy your pass to enter the parks there. You can reserve your uh, campground reservations. You can go get your wilderness permits on recreation.gov now. We've made that change recently. And so really a one-stop shop when you're planning your trip to the parks, if you want to stay in the park or you know enter the park. It also speeds up those lines. There's long lines to get into mm -hmm. the park in the summers, especially in the middle of the day. So being able to just scan your phone because you've already prepaid just really speeds up those lines. Mm. Uh, so Suzanne, I wanna go to you in regards to lodging um, because uh, Tulare County really like Visalia, Three Rivers, Three Rivers has a lot, of, they, they've got motels, but Three Rivers has got a lot of vacation rentals. It seems to be, that's kind of the hub. Exeter's got hotels, Tulare, but I'd say Tulare and Visalia, you guys are the ones with the majority of the hotels, right, for people to, to stay in. Yeah, and, and new hotels are opening, um, not daily, but <laughs> we have quite a few that are under construction as well. Um, yeah, lots to choose from in a huge variety of um, types, you know, from full service hotel, if that's the way you like to travel, or if you're looking for a little budget friendly or um, limited service property, we've got lots of those. Um, a couple that, like I said, are under construction, um, scheduling to open. Um, we had an independent property in Visalia that was recently sold and they're doing a complete renovation. I'm really excited about that. I'll, we'll have to talk about that a little, a little later, um, but that's going to be a fun sort of retro um, uh, hotel. So that's exciting. Yeah, cool. lots to choose from. And, um, you know, Tulare County has a great food scene as well. So there's lots of great restaurants and activities for families to do outside of the park. So, uh, you know, spend the day in the park and then head back to one of the Tulare County communities for, you know, entertainment and dining and and more fun museums lots of museums lots too of museums yeah speaking yeah. of native american um history you can you can begin that conversation up in the park and see some of the areas in um the parks and then head down to the museums throughout the county and there's lots of great um, um indigenous uh experiences there um Tulare county's museum um at mooney grove has one of the largest native american yeah. basket collections on display so that's kind of a fun thing for people to see and um some pioneer era relics and yeah yeah interesting and agricultural history too mm -hmm. um it's really because you're in an agricultural you are the breadbasket. i mean you guys have roadside that's the thing 
don't bring your own fruits and veggies. You can get them when you get there because there's roadside stands, farmers markets. I mean, it's it's like the bounty is there. Yeah. Um, but I love that museum with all the agricultural history of all the different cultures coming in that make Tulare County yeah. so diverse. You know, very, it's like it's it's fascinating. And Mooney Grove Park is beautiful. It's a great place for a family picnic and can play with the ducks and the chickens and the peacocks. Yeah, I told you that all of them came out to see Nancy when we were there, right? <laughs> all the ducks and chickens and everything. Well, and Nancy's like, it's chicken. The chicken, she's a chicken lady. I shouldn't say that, but it's true. Wherever we go, like she talks, the chickens talk to her and she's been called a, a witch when we lived in Kenya because the chickens come to her. Like we were on this ferry once and she started talking to chickens and this guy's chickens started following us and like, wait, wait, Maganga, it's a Swahili for you're a witch. And <laughs> anyway, we, we went to, I swear we were at Mooney Grove Park and I went to go photograph that statue, you know? We just stopped the car. Nancy didn't do anything. They all started running towards her side <laughs> of the car. I have photos of it. It's crazy. So she doesn't have like a bag of corn nuts in her back pocket or anything, does she? No, they just <laughs> know she's the, she's the chicken lady. And even the peacocks came running for her. Like, not to do anything to her. But um, anyway, go go hang out with the, with the fowl at yeah. Mooney Grove Park. Um, I do want to touch on this because I think this is super fun about going to Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks. Uh, Tharp's Log Cabin, I talked about that. And I know you can see General Sherman and the General Grant tree, which are huge. And Cynthia is going to give us those, those numbers. But I think one of the coolest ways to understand how big and these trees are is to get inside them. And you can do that in Tharp's Log Cabin. And you can do that also in Kings Canyon. I remember there's one where travelers used to sleep overnight in there like seriously they had like a little bar didn't they have a bar like i could go get a margarita was that the first takeout like <laughs> in tulare county so cynthia tell us a little bit about the because it really shows how big these are yeah there's a lot of different features so in giant forest we have the tunnel log which you can drive under and drive through oh, that's right. and a lot of people like to stand in that little tunnel there's the log tree um, that is just a fallen over tree that people used to um, drive on to to get photos of their vehicles on the tree that's you know fallen over. Then you have on the Grand Tree Trail, we have um, a tree that's fallen over they can walk through, which is really cool. Also really cool for children uh, to just run through. So there's just a lot of these features. To me, going up to a live giant sequoia and touching it and feeling how it's softer than you would think. It's not a hard bark, it's kind of a fibrous uh, exterior. And so it's just, you know, touching it. I mean, honestly, hugging it. It's just, it's, they're so majestic and tall and big and Beautiful. just being able to, you know, just get up close and personal and really take appreciation for them. And also, you know, the last couple of years we've lost so many, I mean, we've lost nearly, a, you know, a quarter, what is, yeah, almost 20% of, giant sequoias in the entire world along its range due to wildfires. So it's really, you know, taking the time, I think you can't, the biggest thing you can do to protect these trees is coming to see them because that just is so inspiring and will, you know, I want to light that fire, <laughs> um, you know, inside yeah, of yeah. you to really protect. But and, don't light the fire in the park. Don't light the fires in the park, <laughs> but really just be motivated because how can we not do everything we possibly can to protect the species? Um, and it's all connected to climate change and it's, you know, just wildfires. And, you know, there's so much to learn about 
there's so much new information and new um, new things that we're struggling with here in the parks having to do with giant sequoia. So really going to these programs, going into our visitor centers, talking to the park rangers, you know, really learning more and being inspired to do more when you leave the parks to protect this species because it's really it's, a special, special treat. They're prehistoric. You know, we saw one in um, Florissant National Monument in Colorado and it was, a, you know, it was a, it was Jurassic, man. It was, it, you know, it was petrified. And I'm like, you're far away from your cousins. But then when you think about how many years ago, hundreds of thousands like this like tons of years don't date me on it but i mean they were all together and now what we have left is so little in comparison of them living in the zone that they belong in not someone trying to grow them in their house or whatever well if you put it in your house you're in trouble um, but you know what i mean but it's we had to save the redwoods league on a couple times and they did so much about talking about the sequoias and and helping to protect the sequoias and interpret that they were saying how the coastal redwoods yes they're they're all family um but and they're the tallest but the sequoias are the largest you know by volume mm -hmm. um they're saying like they've got the coastal moisture and and things like that so more protected than what happens up in your area in regards to fire and how they the fires are burning faster and is a climate change so like you said you're right you've a quarter being gone is uh, all the way through yosemite down to you is is devastating so get up there and experience it really and let's I, had some, them. I had some visitors today this morning um from france that were visiting and wanted some information about going up to the parks and i told them that to make sure that once they go see the general sherman tree where everybody's gathered you can't touch the general sherman i said just walk through that grove go a little a little further away from there and you'll be able to touch hug and really um experience the trees up close and personal and, and you know they were really super excited about the possibility of doing that because when you hug the tree you're not reaching all the way around. I mean, how many people does it take, Cynthia? 37 people to uh, gather hands around a the General Sherman tree, something like that? Wow. A whole class of children. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. exactly. That's a lot. That's, that's amazing. classes are larger these days than they used to be. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, and hugging a tree, you know, there's nothing like that, too. And we've got to remember, we are like one point something percent of tree is in our DNA. So it's our family. It's, it is. They've, they've, it's a scientific fact that we've got like a 99% of a percent of our DNA is tree DNA. So I learned something new today, Lisa. <laughs> is that the splinter so, I have in my finger? I'm not sure. Exactly. <laughs> but, so I'm just saying we're related in some way, you know, everything is. And learning about the sequoias and even how their, their roots are and all of that is so fascinating. So check that out. Go up to the parks. It's nps.gov forward slash S-E-K-I. Uh, visit visalia.com and you can go into Suzanne's backyard and then for all of the Tulare County um, you know places we got Woodlake, Lindsay, Exeter, Three Rivers, Tulare, um, all these and Porterville can't leave out Porterville either um, all these amazing uh, communities to experience the casino is now open right um, Eagle Mountain Casino is open in Porterville uh, they relocated and have a whole new building and lots more entertainment so there's a lot to do a lot of festivals a lot of events. So uh, discoverthesequoias.com is the website. We're here every first Thursday talking about Tulare County and the sequoias. Uh, so keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you both for joining us. Really a pleasure to have you back on the show. 
Thank you for having us. Lovely to talk about it. We're excited to have the parks um, be completely open as they are and to have the shuttle running again. So it'll be a great summer. Yeah, happy summer.